Good morning, and thank you for tuning in and listening to this week's message of hope on KBUR News Radio, 99.3 FM and 14.90 AM from First Christian Church of Burlington, Iowa. We hope that this week's message helps you grow in your faith and share God's love. This week, our senior pastor, Dave Yonker, continues our Blueprint Sermon Series, Sketching Out an Unexpected Life, with scripture from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 32 through 49, titled God Leads. Stay tuned after the message for music and to learn more about First Christian Church of Burlington. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, a stronghold for the oppressed, our refuge in times of trouble, we put our trust in you and sing praises to you. You reveal yourself to us in unexpected places. Even now, we are in your saving presence. Will you speak to us here? granting strength for today's tasks and courage for tomorrow's challenges? Oh God, we know all of us have faltered before the lions and giants that seem ready to destroy us. Life's storms overwhelm us, and fear takes a deadly toll. Sometimes we are snared in the work of our own hands, and we forget the greatest source of help and hope. Holy One, Help us to lay aside our doubts and judgment so we might be open to the ways you are moving in this world. Open our eyes to see where your spirit rests. There are oppressed peoples among us, O God, who need your comfort and reassurance. There are desperate ones who are afraid of what tomorrow may bring. There are grieving ones consumed by their sorrow, who see no reason to go on living. There are hurting ones who find no relief from their suffering. We open our hearts to you, O God, on their behalf. Make us instruments of your peace and comfort those who are in pain, both near us and far away. O Lord, we come to you as a people who are perishing and need a Savior. We come as seekers for a firm faith to live by. We come as outsiders wanting to belong to a community that makes a difference. We come for empowerment to resist evil, conquering our own fears, to take on the tasks that seem impossible, except as you are with us. Teach us, loving God, to be patient with ourselves and with other people to be kind and truthful toward all we meet, to reflect into other lives the love you poured out among us. We want to share with all people the riches of your grace and the joy of your peace. In awe and wonder, we claim these gifts from your hand and pledge ourselves anew to sharing them with the world. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, 
defeated those who sin against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verses 32 through 49. Here begins the reading. David said to Saul, Let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a boy, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep with his father, and whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it and struck it down, rescuing the lamb from its mouth. And if it turned against me, I would catch it by the jaw and strike it down and kill it. Your servant has killed both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, The Lord, who saved me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, will save me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go. And may the Lord be with you. Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped Saul's sword over the armor and he tried in vain to walk for he was not used to them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I am not used to them. So David removed them. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in his shepherd's bag, in the pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. The Philistine came on and drew near to David with his shield-bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you would comp me with your sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by the sword and spear. The battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, and slung it, and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down 
on the ground. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We are continuing here today with our Blueprints sermon series. In this series, we're talking about sketching out an unexpected life, working to find God, not just those things on the outside of life, not just in the finished product, in those things that you see on how people dress, what they do for a living, and what kind of car they drive, but we're finding God in those places down deep, down below the surface, in those areas of life that you may not expect to even look to notice. And so over the past few weeks, we've been following the story through the book of 1 Samuel. We heard about Saul, Samuel's call to go be a prophet to the Lord. We heard about Samuel dealing with God's people who, who even though the people of God made every dumb decision you can think of in the book, God loved them anyway. And last week we heard about how God looks upon the heart and chose David to be king, even though he was the least likely to be chosen. And so the story continues before us here today. If you've ever seen the movie Braveheart, then there is this rousing scene at the very end that you may remember. William Wallace is, this ra- is leading this ragtag group of Scottish rebels as they are trying to take down the mighty English army. The rebels have every kind of makeshift weapon you can think of. They have a whole kind of band and group of horses. They don't march in even and straight lines. They are not the best of the best. They simply have what they have. But William Wallace... The great hero gives this stirring and this rousing speech not to be content, not to be afraid, not to go and run and hide, but to go and search and fight for freedom. And it is so powerful and amazing, even if you cannot stand action movies, when the music builds and the people on the horses start cheering, you almost want to stand up and start clapping and shouting in the movie theater and say, let's go, I'm ready to fight here and now. It's the classic story of the little guy taking down the big favorite. It's the underdog winning the game on the last second shot when no one gave them a chance. Like the movie about Indiana basketball Hoosiers. The small town school who beats the big school from the big city with the best of the best all-state players. It's like the Burlington Greyhounds beating the Chicago Bears in football. But the Bears are pretty bad. Maybe like the New England Patriots in football. It's like the valedictorian at your school who hardly says a word to anyone. She never makes a fuss, doesn't draw attention, never makes a show but who has never even sniffed an A- minus in her entire life. You're just like, oh my goodness. It's the classic underdog story. It's the classic David and Goliath kind of story. Now, I don't mean to be presumptuous, but this is one of these stories that, that even if you don't much, even if you don't know much about the Bible, I'm willing to bet that maybe you've at least heard of it. Even if you don't know this story exactly, maybe you have picked up these themes in movies and art and books and other parts of life. 
We were talking this past week in Bible study about where we first heard this story. Some people said they first heard it and when they were a young child in vacation Bible school, sitting on those tiny little carpet squares in the Sunday school classes with the mom and the dads reading the story, showing off the pictures from their precious moments Bible in, in vacation Bible school, making sure they got it all done so they go have a snack in the church kitchen. Some of us remember Veggie Tales, and if you don't know about Veggie Tales, where have you been? How can you not know about Veggie Tales? Great characters like Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber, classics in cartoon animation. And so you can just imagine little vegetables running around teaching us about courage and trusting in God like David did. If you haven't read this story before, if it's been like 10 minutes since you've heard it, you have homework. You have homework today. This afternoon, before you come back to the church picnic, read all of chapter 17 in 1 Samuel. You get the whole part of the story, every detail. It is not, mind you, the Veggie Tales version. It's not the Precious Moments Bible version of the story. It's less rated G and more toward PG-13 or R. Because in the Bible, Goliath is like this nine foot tall dude, this massive beast of a guy. And the story says he has on every piece of armor you can think of chest and arms and leg. He has this metal shield. He has this massive sword. And when the Israelites see him standing out in front of him, they want no part of what Goliath has to offer. The Bible says that for 40 days, he would stand in front of them in the line and taunt the Israelites like the school bully on the playground wanting if anybody wants to have a fight. That was Goliath. And they were terrified. But we heard the story. David steps up. He leaves his flock of sheep behind and he says he would gladly take on the nine-foot-tall beast of a man, Goliath. And naturally, everyone thinks that he must be joking. Surely you are kidding, young David. But he says, I am ready. And so Saul, the one who is leading the army, gets David ready in the best way that he knows how. If he's going to fight in the battle, he has to be dressed like everybody else. Goliath has on his armor, and so David must as well. And so on went the helmet and the shield for the arms and the legs, the one in his hand, the sword in his hand, and naturally it does not fit. It's like your daughter trying to walk around in mom's high heels. It's like kids wanting to be big so badly they will put on all of your clothes and almost trip and fall over themselves in the bedroom. It's like David is dressing up like he's in the last scene in Braveheart. None of it fits. And so he takes it all off. He says the only way this is going to work is if he takes the methods that he knows. He grabs his sling, gets five stones from the creek bed, and he goes out to meet Goliath. And when Goliath sees him, he says, surely you are joking. You 
are going to fight me. But with one toss of the rock and the sling, down goes the mighty Goliath. And as amazing as this story is, as amazing as this is that the underdog takes down the big time favorite, as amazing as he is that all he had in his hand was five smooth stones, the story is the most amazing when we realize that David had the courage to realize that what had worked for everybody else was not working for him. What got the people here would not take them there. I mean, can't you just hear the people scoffing and doubting young David as he's trying to convince Saul that his armor is not going to fit? They're like, what do you mean you're going to go fight Goliath with that simple toy sling? You're going to get yourself killed, boy. But that's all he knew. You're just a kid, they said. You have a ways to go. You don't know about things like we know about. You know what that is like. We know what that is like because we have heard it before. At work. When a new and better idea gets shot down because that's not how we do things around here. We have even said those seven last words of the church. You know those words because you've said them and I've said them. We've never done it that way before. We've all said them before. That's what it was like for David going into the battle. They knew about the battle, they said, even though none of them were currently fighting the battle in front of Goliath. They knew about fighting in battles. You're going to get yourself killed with that toy sling, they thought. We have heard those words because we've said them. We have even been in that place where we've been doing the same thing over and over and over fighting the same battle, strapping on the same helmet and sword, and nothing changes. They say, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. We go looking for new results and all we get is the same old ones because we never change. Some problems in life we know are band-aid kind of problems. I mean, maybe we're the only ones because we have young children in our house, but in our car we have boxes of band-aids. We go through tons of band-aids in our house a month, and the theme is always changing as to what is going to appear in the car. Sometimes they are plain old ordinary band-aids, some days they are Star Wars band-aids. On the best days, they are My Little Pony kind of band-aids. We have every kind you can think of. There are some problems in life that can be fixed by a small little two-inch My Little Pony band-aid. But sometimes Goliath is standing in front of you and a Star Wars band-aid isn't going to cover it. All David knew was about tending sheep and slinging rocks and keeping the wild animals away. And the people wanted to dress him in the armor because nine-foot-tall Goliath was standing in front of them, taunting him, calling him to come. 
And the people said, we've always done it this way. But the crazy thing about this whole story is that when David had to go and face his giant, he realized that all that time spent in the prairie with the flock had been preparing him for this moment. His life as a shepherd with those smooth stones and that sling tending to the sheep had tested him and tried him so that he was ready. God had prepared him to go. And this is it, you see. We face giants in our life all the time. And I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's a disease that is affecting you and your loved ones. Maybe it's cancer and every disease that faces the world. Maybe it's stress that is eating you up from the outside in. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's family problems and a hard relationship. Maybe it's feelings of shame and being unworthy. Maybe it's money that's dragging you down and swimming in debt. I don't know what that nine feet tall beast is in front of you. It may scare the pants off of you and you may want to be like everybody else and run and hide and hope that it's gone in the morning. But it never is. It's always there until we face it. That was it for the Israelites. Forty days and forty nights, Goliath was taunting and testing God's people and no one wanted to face him. And we know how that feels. But the good news of the gospel is that God is never done working on us. God's love is always moving inside of us to prepare us to face every hard conversation, every massive giant that is calling our name. The way may be hard. The way will probably be very hard. The solution may be different than what everybody else has always done. We may need more than just the two-inch My Little Pony band-aid in your car. But God equips us and God prepares us and God never leaves us to face our trials and perils alone. For the Lord gives us strength and always finds a way where there seems to be no way. And all we can do is say, thank you, God. Amen. We celebrate open communion. All those who believe in Jesus Christ are invited to partake as the elements are passed. Please join me in our call to communion. Let us in union with the whole church join with Christ to eat and drink at the table. May the bread we eat be to us the very bread of life. May the cup we share be to us God's wine of salvation. Let us celebrate that Christ is alive in our Please join in singing our communion hymn.
Thanks for listening to this week's message of hope from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ here in Burlington, Iowa. We are located at 1221 Park Avenue on the south side of town in between the airport and Dankwart Park. If you're looking for a new church home or searching for something beyond yourself, we hope you will join us for worship this Sunday morning. We offer two styles of worship each Sunday. Our traditional service is at 8.45 a.m., featuring beloved hymns of the faith. Our contemporary service is at 10.45 a.m. and is led by our amazing band. In both services, you'll hear a sermon similar to the one you listen to today on the radio. Be welcomed at the Lord's table for communion and join with us in prayer and praise. During the summer, children's church is offered at our 1045 service. There's no better way to begin our week in worship, so we hope you will join us here at First Christian Church.
gone too far this time You have neither reason nor rhyme With which to take this soul That is so rightfully mine